Welcome to Big Blue All Day, the podcast that brings you New York football giants content all day long, while your hosts toe-tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Don't forget to check out our print content at BigBlueAllDay.com and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead, because you know, we're doing it live. All right, it is Mac back on the mic. It is good to be back with all of you beautiful Giants fans for draft month. With me, we have tracksuit Mike returning as well, and Rahway Tommy. Welcome to the draft episode, boys. We got two weeks away, but we do have some news to address. It's the off season, and today, it seems like Mr. Barkley isn't going to be signing the franchise tag. And a Mr. Sexy Dexy has decided to sit out. How are we feeling, boys? Does this bother us? Uh, Not really. I mean, I think Saquon's trying to get whatever leverage he can. I think he and his camp are really kicking themselves in the butt for not signing that $12.5 million deal offered earlier, which is now off the table. You saw how poor the running back market was in terms of, uh, you know, these guys getting paid, you know. Uh, I think it's just a ploy. I think he will be back with the team in some capacity. I don't think he's going to hold out. You know, everybody brings out Le'Veon Bell, lost a year in his prime, and then came back, wasn't the same. So, yeah, I, I'm not too, uh, you know, concerned about it. Dexter Lawrence is news to me. I, I guess I, I was away for a while today. I was, you know, doing dad shit. And, yeah, I uh, saw Adam Schefter uh, posted it, but it was from your favorite buddy, I believe, Mr. Pat Leonard was the man who broke uh, the news, uh, uh, so it uh, seems. Uh, so. Um, yeah, Dex, Tommy, Dexy, what about you? Did you see that? Dexy came later in the day. I saw that later in the day. Um, I'm not really surprised with either one, and for some different reasons. Saquon, that's his only leverage in negotiations, and tracksuit already said it these guys have learned a lesson from Le'Veon bell i don't think there's no chance in hell he sits out the year because he's not going to leave 10 million dollars that that money that bell left on the t- he never got it back and then he came back and he was never the same he, he got some money from the jets but he did not get what he would have gotten if he had just signed with pittsburgh signed whatever deal they were offering or even just played on the franchise tag you know, I think Barkley's going to end up somewhere in between ten to twelve million on a on a three-ish year deal, and they're working on it. Hopefully, it gets signed sooner than later. It gives us a little more flexibility if there's some, you know, camp camp casualties that we want to go after. We free up some extra money, and there's still that, some good free agents out there, yeah. like Ashawn Robinson or you know uh, Deion Jones as well. Yeah. We could use that money if they can get this thing done. You know, and 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 Dexter Lawrence, they could be close. You know, and this may be an issue of, hey, we don't want to go on the field, we don't want to go in the weight room, we don't want to do anything to risk injury because you know we're real close on on putting pen to paper and signing an extension that keeps him here and sets him up for the future. So that might be something that the team's not that surprised at. A lot of times, this doesn't mean that the guy's not working out. You know, he's working out on his own. He's getting ready. We, we would want him here working with our newly signed quarterback, you know, in, in Saquon, Dexter Lawrence, in, you know, in the defensive room, in meetings with his position coach, with the coordinators. But I, I think it's it's more like there's negotiations going on, and I think we're going to be be all, all good to go come, you know, um, mini camps. And this doesn't say that they don't come to mini camp. This is just – off-season workouts guys guys miss these all the time yeah i'm not i'm not gonna let it uh affect me or think of these guys differently because of it it's non-news because here's the deal like dexter lawrence you don't get to be the size of dexter dexter lawrence and make plays where you are hustling and chasing players 30 yards downfield, unless you're an incredibly hard worker. To your point, Tommy, I'm not worried about Dexter Lawrence missing some voluntary off-season workouts. He's been putting in the work his entire career. And of course, he's looking at dollar signs. Deron Payne, 
who is a very good player for the commanders, but I think a lesser player than Dexter Lawrence got 22 and a half. We got Quinn and Williams coming up. Uh, I think Joe Shane is absolutely trying to get him in before the market is completely reset, uh, despite the recent contract. So I got zero worries about that. He's not going anywhere. And Barkley, look, here's the deal. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is an illustrative example, but guys, just look around at the last few people who have signed long-term contracts, right? Zeke, cut. McCaffrey, not playing for the team that signed him. This market was terrible, and it's not going to get better with Saquon Barkley being a year older and after a draft, which will segue nicely into the main event here, team, but apparently this draft is chock full of quality running backs as deep as the fourth and fifth rounds. Saquon Barkley's leverage continues to be minimal as we head into the next two weeks. The man's either playing on this tag and the Giants will move on, or he's going to be signing a deal, like Tommy said, three years this offseason. Everybody relax. Yeah, and, and Mac, it's, the reason it's news is because there is no news right now. We're the, the low period after the big free agents are all off the board. There's a few guys still out there, but there's no... There's no big names. Jet fans are waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come out of a cave or a retreat or finish his latest acid trip and end up in New York. <laughs> there, that's the only big news that's coming before the draft. And we're, we're still two weeks away from the draft, so you're going to see multiple mock drafts with everything changing, and that's why we're here today because we're going to do the same so, thing. Tommy, you couldn't have set me up any better, and I couldn't agree anymore. So, boys – we talked about it at the end of the season, but for the first time in a long time, I could probably count on one or just two hands how many mock drafts I've done. As we get later into these rounds right now, two weeks out, I have no idea what the Giants are thinking, what they are doing, because I haven't been studying the draft since early October. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's I love it. Place to be in. It's such a uh, welcome we feel change. Two weeks away, April 27th. There's very few things that that the Giants can do in this draft that will piss me off. They have a lot of needs, but they also have a lot of picks. I mean, I really, I think, you know, the first four rounds, it's going to be wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, interior offensive lineman in some order. I don't really care. There's a lot of quality players. I, I feel like I've, I finally don't have to like scrutinize everything they do. Cause I, I just believe in the regime here, man. I really do. I mean, let them, let them work. So I hate to start on a negative, but I am just intrigued. What theoretically would be something they would do in this draft that would piss you off? Uh, like like pulling a Bill Belichick a few years ago, drafting Cole Strange in the first round, like just a, a out of nowhere pick that people had Raymond's going strange. in the third round. They took him in the top thirty. Out of Chattanooga, yeah. He, who's, I think I, I'm not sure how good he is, but like coming out of college, I knew that he would. I thought he would be there for the Giants at like 90 overall, but that's like a crazy reach. But I mean, everybody evaluates the players differently. Like, and you know, what? if they like, you know, it could like, you know, like, like for example, had the, had the Giants or some other quarterback needy team in 2018 taken Lamar Jackson, it would have been in the top 10. It would have been a crazy backlash. And he ended up being one of the better freaking quarterbacks, you know, and he was what drafted what thirty second, thirtieth overall, something like that. So I it's all thirty second. Yeah, so it's all about you know perception on draft day isn't necessarily writing the story. Justin Jefferson was the twenty second pick of the draft. Yeah, and in a redraft, which I like, PFF and shit loves to do on Twitter, the redraft. Yeah, he'd probably be top five. I mean, dude's one of the best offensive players in the league. Um, he might have been probably number one. I'm not yeah. as familiar with that draft off the top of my head, but for God's sake, he's, I, I think you can make easily the debate he is currently the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with I'm with tracksuit. That's what it would have to be for me. Something off the wall where everybody draft night's going, you know, oh my God, what did they just do? Yeah, um, I don't want another one of those. We had it with Daniel Jones. I don't want another yeah. one of those. And I, and I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen because I think Shane has a process. Stable is part of it. I trust the regime. I've trusted them since since day one. Now they're saying the right things. We've seen them do the right things. We've seen them operate now in free agency with no money. We've seen them operate in free agency with a decent amount of money. 
And I think the free agency period really set them up to be able to go after those positions that they need and not reach. They can go get that corner, wide receiver, lineman, get a linebacker in the later rounds, mid to late rounds, and and they're not going to do anything. I think anywhere they go in round one, um, most sane Giant fans will be will be with it and will be happy. But we know there will be haters. Well, I think that point that you made there about the the free agency, and I know you and, and um, Roadhouse touched on this last week, but I think even the visits from the free agents are illustrative. It looks like, and hey, you know, we're barely in a year two, so take this with a grain of salt. But if you're trying to make some trends early on, looks like Joe Shane would rather pay free agency for positions the Giants definitely need, but I would say in the context of premium positions, interior linebacker and interior defensive line, not where you want to be necessarily spending all your money. So you have Ashawn Robinson we talked about came in as another visit. You had Deion Jones come in as another visit. I think you're not going to be seeing defensive tackle, interior defensive line, linebackers until the later to mid rounds. Uh, the Giants can go out and fill those gaps with, you know, medium free agents. Yeah, no, that's, uh, listen, it sounds like a plan to me. Let it go. I, I think they're definitely going to draft uh, at least one center, one guard, possibly uh, two wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, maybe even two corners. I'm not sure. I think they have 11 picks. That's a lot of picks. Do they make 11 picks? 10. They have oh, 10 now. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they traded one for Waller. Because of the uh, Waller yeah, okay. trade. Yep. See, that's that goes to show how much I don't give a shit about the draft, and I love it. I mean, obviously, right? obviously I give a shit about the draft, but I'm not looking at it. Uh, you know, Halloween. Thank God. No, I mean, for, for listeners, for those of you who have been with us from the beginning, the whole inception of this podcast is that Tracksuit and Tommy and I are are so sick that we read everything. We listen to everything. We collect all of the data, and we still do. But for the first time in years, we didn't have to start doing that for the draft yeah. on October and, 1st. And the nice thing is... <laughs> Right. When we when we talk about I, I mentioned haters and we mentioned Waller coming over. Tony is gonna end up being traded for Waller and a guy that we draft in this draft. Anybody that wouldn't have signed up for that, seeing what that guy put on the field when he was in a giant uniform is is crazy. And I'm I'm saying that Waller may not do much. Who knows? I'm hoping he get re- reverts back to his Pro Bowl form. But to get that type of player for Kadarius Tony, who was never on the field for us, and another pick that we're going to make in this draft, I, I'd sign up for it every day of the week, twice on Sunday. I'm excited about Wallace. Yeah. I, I, to your point, we just need to see. Hopefully he stays yeah. on the field, and the Giants have been snake-bitten. But, I mean, dear God, the 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 potential is immense. But more in the, the context of the draft, Great. Waller, Tony, first-round wide receiver don't matter. You talk, want to talk about what's going to piss me off is the Giants still have not fixed the interior offensive line. We were talking about free agency setting them up for the draft. Have the Giants even sniffed offensive line? No. Or they, they brought in a backup center from who's, I don't know, JC something. JC. Tommy, do you, do you recall that? Hasenhauer or something yeah. like that? From the Steelers. Yeah, Hassanauer with he's got a I think an Alabama connection to when Dayball was there. Um but he's not a confident no, starter. You God can't no. you can't pencil no. him in and no. a, we're drafting a center. Depth, a center guard. Yeah, we're drafting a we're center. Definitely we're drafting definitely drafting a, a center. Guard, gonna play center. Um so you know, you said that they you would be upset if there was a Belichickian Cole Strange. Yeah, type move. I don't think you they're taking it in the first round. As long round. as it's an offense alignment, I don't no. care. I get, I lose my. Mind. I think, I think taking a center in the first round would be a reach, though. I do. That I do agree with. Um, but it, generally speaking, there are a lot of uh, other podcasts, very good content, people I respect and their opinions as far as football and specifically the New York Giants. But we seem to be in this sick, sick cycle where. All season, we talk about how the Giants' offensive line is not up to snuff and it's holding the team back. But then sometime around this point of the year, 
people start, well, you know, Ben Bredesen could play center. He's never played center ever in his career, but he could do it. No, they really like that Josh Azudu guy, a third-round rookie who missed most of the season. What about Shane Lemieux? They got a lot of competition there. And it's how many times do we have to learn the same lesson, old man? Like, you could argue that there are three and potentially four if Evan Neal does not improve open positions on the Giants offensive line. I don't know how any Giants fan prognosticator can feel okay with hoping that Madden level progression happens just because there's another year of consistency. That's what would piss me off if the Giants do not come out of this with at least two offensive linemen. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I love it. I love it. I think we're definitely going to get a guard in the center. May the best man win the starting job, all positions. So why do you think a center in the first round at twenty five is? I think that I tend to agree. I think that even the best center, John Michael Schmitz, is that that's his name, Schmitz, 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 I believe. And Joe Titman, like I think at best their uh, their grades are probably going to be second round, which I'm. Yeah, there's a few. There's a few centers out there that are probably second round guys. I don't think there's anybody that is a is a first round grade this year at that position. So, so this year it's a reach. There's you know, you look at last year with Lindenbaum, that he was a guy that I would have loved for the Giants to get. He's in Baltimore. There's no one like that this year. And he even dropped into the late twenties, yeah, early thirties, nah. and everyone was saying he was like the most talented center that's ever come out. So, yeah, I, I agree completely with that logic, Tommy. Is I just don't see it in the first round, which, frankly, team, that's, a se- that's the perfect segue. So let's get right into our segment for down territory. <laughs> We're going to look at the first four rounds of the NFL draft. Boys, let's not keep them waiting. Round one. Let's get to it, Tommy. All right. As I crack open a nice cold Coors banquet. Uh, no Bud Light? Okay, Dave. <laughs> um, I, I think we're going to, even with all the moves we made and the guys we signed in the offseason, these free agents, I think some of these guys may, they may not make it out of camp. Some of these veterans, maybe a Jamison Crowder, you know, is, is Shep going to, is he going to be healthy? We know Wandale is going to end up on, on the pup. So I'm looking wide receiver. You have the guys like Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, North Carolina. Uh, everyone looks at Zay Flowers and says, you know, he's a tiny guy. He's 5'10", 175. He's a speedster. He's a burner. He's going to be on the inside. We already have those types of guys. You look at him at BC, he played a lot on the outside. He's a guy that may be able to play inside and outside. Uh, a- another guy out of LSU. He's jacked, too. Like, he's 182 pounds of pure muscle. You know, Kayshawn, uh, uh Booty out of LSU. He's a bigger wide receiver. Uh, I'd say Quentin Johnson, but TCU, they're saying a lot a lot of mocks that you see. A lot of uh, the experts are saying he may not be there at 25. Also, too, he's around 10% <laughs> drop rate last year. So do we need more of that? Yikes. I don't think so. Yikes. Uh, those guys all gone. I think Shane could start to kind of transition and start looking at the, the best corners that are on there. Is Joey Porter Jr. available? Uh, Camp Smith out of South Tommy, Carolina. Tommy, before you get into the corners, before you get into the corners, I might have just missed it, but one seemingly big omission here is the Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. What do you think about him at 25 if the other guys you mentioned are gone? I I, I, I go there, too. Got a little more size than than uh, Flowers, about the same weight. Uh, he's a first-round talent and could be, you know, a number one on the outside, which is what we need. Yeah. If If one of those guys are there, I still say, Go wide receiver. I like Jordan Addison out of USC too, man. Yeah, by way, right? Are, was that Pitt first? Are you a high, a high guy though, tracksuit? What? How, how do you stand uh, on the Tennessee? Folks? I like Hyatt. I I really like like all the top five. But now here's I'm I'm the odd man out there because I ain't touching Hyatt in the first round with a ten foot. Wait, wait, hold personally. on, hold on. I I, I want to say something that I that was made apparent on Twitter. I'm not sure how crazy it is, but uh, somebody, I forgot what, what insider said it. It was like a random, uh, you know, survey of executives or people, scouts. They said the only wide receiver in this draft with a first-round grade for a lot of teams 
is Smith Najigba out of Ohio State. That's it. So I'm not. He's a guy. Hmm. He's a guy I left off. Yeah, I think he's gone. He, I think he's I think gone he's too. Down. But I don't. I if I don't think we flip him. If if a corner is graded higher, I mean, it might make more sense for this regime to take a cornerback. If if Ningjimba is there, oh, or no, you're saying if if, if, if JSN is there, he's the pick. I don't think he's going to be there. So you're saying then, theoretically, you would rather take the higher-rated cornerback on their board than the second or third or fourth you could, it could, you might, they could There could be one or two drafted. There could be five drafted. I'm really not sure where, where this is going to stand because, I mean, this is an offensive league, and every team needs another wide receiver, even if you're stacked to the position. You might take one. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, talented position, guys that can catch the ball, guys that could score. Giants, you know, they could use some more scoring. <laughs> and I think another team just went on the list of teams to possibly take one of those top corners with Detroit moving Jeff Okuda oh, yeah. down to Atlanta. You almost guarantee now that they're looking to replace. And they have two picks in the top him. 20. So, yeah. Yeah, they have the eight And the sixth? And then what? Uh, I think it's the sixth. That is correct. Yeah, the sixth and the eighteenth. A lot of directions the, to go. I I feel like there's not much they can do to really, you know, go wrong here. I like that. Well, you guys segued into the corners, Tommy. I cut you off. So it sounds like we we got a a grouping of wide receivers. Frankly, none of them instill a lot of confidence to me. I would be okay with two or three of them. Zay. Addison and uh, Quentin Johnson, but I digress. Tommy, talk to us about the corners. My favorite, Joey Porter Jr. You know, big fan of Joey's dad, Joey Porter, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, NFL Street legends, uh, you know, absolutely. I, uh, I, you know, I'd love to add someone like that. So if, if he's there and those top receivers are gone, you know, I, I'm looking at if I'm going receiver, really, JSN, Zay Flowers. Those two gone, and a guy like Joey Porter is still there. I, 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 you know, solidify the cornerback position. A lot of people like him. You know, tracks well. I think he's going to be a tough NFL corner, and and could improve the defense. You got Deontay Banks. If Joey Porter's on the board. You run. You run up and turn that card in. Like I, I don't think he's a guaranteed elite cornerback, but I think his size and measurables and who he is and his, you know, uh, eighty inch wingspan for uh, Porter. Yeah, I mean that's just that you take you run to the podium if Joey Porter is there at twenty fifth and another in the draft. You know, another another guy like when you look at his size at six two two oh five, uh, Keely Ringo, physical corner from from Georgia, and I just like the pedigree of these programs that are perennial powers. It used to be Alabama, Ohio State. Now you could add Georgia, Clemson to that mix. These guys come out and they're they're pros, and and you not just because they went to Georgia or Alabama, but it's a, it's a safe investment, right? You're, you're going to invest in companies that are safe, right? When you're investing your money, that's what these GMs are doing, right? They're going to get players that, that have a good pedigree and come from big programs. So while, while a player can come from a Rutgers, can come from a North Dakota state, which I want to talk about a little bit later, these big programs, that's another guy with his size at, you know, at corner could be somewhere we could go. Love it. What about safety? What about safety uh, in the first no. round? It's a need. Like, outside of running back? Outside of running back? No. It's devalued. I think, I think with McKinney and Dane Belton, I think they like the room. I think they're going to pick one up in the later rounds so of one of their, like, you know, fifth round picks or something. I don't see it. I don't see them taking a safety. Unless, like, well, unless the value is really, really there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, like McKinney, they had to take so, McKinney. Like the, the, it wasn't even necessarily like a need, but like it, it, like people had McKinney in the top, what, 15 of that draft. And he was there at, at 36 or something. Yeah, that's fair. I just, you know, I, I've been reading up a lot about this Brian branch guy. And I think, you know, you're right. It's the, the positional value is not necessarily there, but if he also is your nickel cornerback and, you know, can be 
that like Chauncey Gardner Smith, uh, or excuse me, Gardner Johnson, um, for the most recently, the Eagles, now the Lions. Um, uh, this guy just he has some NFL comparisons to Minka Fitzpatrick. I think he can be a sneaky late first round value. Yeah, pick. no, I I wouldn't um, mind that. that. I wouldn't mind that. I would not mind that at all. Um but boys, what I'm hearing though, and Tommy, this this is your down, my friend. So tell me if I'm wrong. It sounds like we are all in on wide receiver or cornerback. Is there any other are we having tunnel uh tunnel vision on these positions because of the need? Or is this just where the value lines up with the potential people there? Or is there anybody else that we need to hear about before I, we head on out to? to I it? think value wise, I, I, I don't, I don't see us going offensive lineman at that point. I think if you're going offensive lineman, you could get someone a little further back. Um, so I, I really see us value wise, you know, being able to fill some, you know, the positions either be corner or wide receiver. Uh, I think, I think we could add talent a little bit later, get a little more value on the offensive line in, in rounds two and three. So what if you could, if I could guarantee you that you were going to draft a guard that is going to be NFL average and your choice of wide receiver or cornerback had a variance of could be below average, could be above average. What do you take? I think because of the impact that that wide receiver could have above average, you know, we've seen these receivers in years one and two really start to impact the offense and the, and the way the game's changing. I think it's, it's a, it's a big position. You know, you look at a Justin Jefferson, you look at some of these guys that have come out the last couple of years and the impact they make. I still, I still think I, you know, chase that wide receiver talent. Mm. Michael, where do you stand uh, on that issue? Because you both already know how I, I mean, feel about it. Yeah, I think uh, whoever you think, I, I mean, I'm going to trust Sean to make the best decision. I don't know what I would do, but I think whoever, whoever can add the most. What was that last name? Who's our general manager? Shane. Dunk a Shane, baby. I love him. I told him I loved him too. Actually, side side note, I saw him before he even made a draft pick <laughs> last year. Oh no, no, it was after it was in the playoffs. He was, I guess, he was at the Ranger game with Brian Dable. But I just saw him walking with his wife, and I was really drunk, and I just yelled, "Joe Shane, I love you!" And he looked at me and smiled, Bad. and his okay. wife smiled, and she whispered something in his ear, and I'm like. She definitely whispered, like, wow, what a fucking freak that guy is. You haven't even done anything. <laughs> and my, my dad's friend I was with, That's my dad's friend amazing. I was with was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? He had a good draft. <laughs> I love it. You're not wrong. Yeah, so I, listen, I think they're going to take best player available, whoever's on their board, even if it's, you know, if it's the best guard. In the whole draft, it could be, it could be Osiris Torrance. It could be uh, who's the uh, the Northwestern kid I'm thinking of? He's got like a Polish name, Russian name. Uh, not the Skaronski kid, is dudes. It? I'm I'm just saying I I like Dane Bugler a lot. Is that what you're talking about? He's a he's a number uh, seven. Yes, he's a number seven overall prospect. In the draft, according to Dane Brugler, who I do trust a lot. I like that guy a lot. See, he has some misses with his like uh, stuff, but like I really like how in-depth he goes. I subscribe to The Athletic just for that. He's he's is a guard. He a he's a guard. He's, low, he's listed as a guard here, and I'm, I'm on the beast right now. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, okay. I, all I'll just say, and then we can move on, because you all know what I'm going to say, is that the Giants just signed Daniel Jones to a massive amount of money. The Giants might have one year left of Saquon Barkley. They have showed that they can produce an offense with the talent they have around them. The Giants don't have a starting offensive line until they do. I don't care if he's 
two or three picks back. The idea that teams don't pick for position and need is so insane. Yes, it is about the 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 value or they they're bored. But if you need a guard and he's five players behind your next starting player, you're picking the position that is going to help your team win now in the context of your team. Yes, things change, of course, but still the Giants could potentially need a starter or an upgrade at four-fifths of the offensive line. If those cornerbacks and wide receivers are gone, go start filling the holes. You've made too many investments on that side of the ball to neglect it again and again. And I don't want to hear about Shane Lemieux or Ben Bredesen starting at center. All right, so wait, wait, hold on. Real quick, real quick on uh, what's his name? Skoronkowski. Skoronkowski out of Northwestern. Skronsky. Skronsky. It's got to be Skronsky. Yes. I think like I'm, yeah. All right. I'm really bad with names. Anywho, he's Polish. Okay. Uh, he, people say that he could easily be a tackle, but his immediate impact as a starter is at guard or center. That's what Dane Brugler says. Who, like I said, and he's going to be a top. He could. Pick. He could also fall. We saw, you know, you never know. You never know what the draft or how people feel about these guys. Somebody said number seven over. Like this guy said number seven overall. That's huge. So yeah, I'm down to take Osiris Torrance too, man. That's my guy. Love him. He's a big boy. And, and yeah. Uh, all right. Well, round one, boys. We got two weeks. Anything else we got to get out here? We've talked about wide receivers. We've talked about cornerbacks. Talked about one guard. Is there any any darlings out there that you want to get out before we move uh, on around to? I mean, yeah. Is it crazy to take a tight end? Yes, right. I think it would be crazy for us not to at least discuss the possibility, There's... given that every single prognosticator says that this is like historically one of the best tight end drafts. Uh, yeah, ever. there's, there's so, yeah, there's potentially they might yeah, be there uh, when we pick. Michael Meyer and Dalton Kincaid are the two that I'm really looking at. I think that's a luxury. Yeah. We we picked up Waller. That's not something. Wall, that we Waller's also one. not that set in go. stone though. I mean, I, you don't know what's going to happen with him. He's a risk. I love Bellinger. Don't get me but, wrong, but that might be something old, expensive, yeah. and injury. Problem. That might be something in round one that that makes you go. You know, like Evan Ingram. When the Giants yeah. took Evan Ingram, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. But anywho, are we? Are... And Ryan Ramzik went after. Yeah, and uh, TJ Watt went like the next pick to the Steelers. <laughs> uh, but yes, it would be a luxury pick if they picked a guy who is basically a wide receiver. But I'm telling you, if Michael Mayer, one of these guys that, you know, maybe isn't the best blocker, but provides a good mix of both you know he's sort of a jason witten you know prototype essentially um a someone might want to trade up for that guy you know uh like a bengals um perhaps the new orleans saints somebody who needs an upgrade at that position potentially but also can is it really so crazy to envision the giants running out of three tight end sets or pre-look it looks like jumbo formation with three tight end sets and then all of a sudden you have Darren Waller lined up as a wide receiver, Saquon Barkley in the in the slot if you wanted to, and now it's an empty backfield. Like I, the I, I don't know. Possibilities are endless. I, I, I think that this offense staff. Yeah, I mean, was was Dayball was on the the staff for the the Patriots when they had both Hernandez and oh. Gronk, I believe. And obviously, you know where Kafka comes from with how they utilize the oh, tight end it. in that offense. So. I trust them to be creative if that is the case. You know, absolutely. Let's get creative. Let's score some points. Like, let's put up like 35 a game, please. We're we're yearning. I mean, like, dude, well, that would the game, cute. the Colts game last year, like, dude, the fact that they put up like, what, 31 points on offense, it was insane. I, that was a, such a great day. What a beautiful what a party day. In the building that beautiful was. Day. So, but. All, all to, to round this out is all I'm saying is that there's like three or four tight ends that could go in the back end of the f- first round and more than that, that'll probably go in the second and third. 
the Giants are in an interesting position where that might be the guy that's on the top of their board. And both of you said best player available. So don't get shy on me. Don't get cheap on me now, Dotson. If Michael Meyer is the top person on your board, Michael Mayer, whatever it is, are you taking him, Tommy? No. Oh, I thought we were all about the best player available. Boys. I'm all about it. I don't care. Yeah, if you know what, I'm I'm all for best player available, even if it's a tight end or a safety. I don't care. I apologize. I'm, I'm sticking to the script. Tommy, okay, so your your top two players left on the board first round are tight ends, Michael Mayer, and let's go with Dalton Kincaid. And the wide receivers and cornerbacks have been taken that we have mentioned. What are you doing now? I'm putting you on a spot. The clock. You're on the clock. You know, I I, I think you go and, and take one of those receivers. You're gonna have. There's gonna be guys there. It's it's a position of need. There's gonna be guys with first round grades available at receiver and corner. I think that's just the it's not a necessity. Even if Waller doesn't pan out, there's other guys, there's other spots that we need to, you know, like you said, the offensive line would be more important at that point than another tight end. Yeah. You know? All right, so in summation, round 1, we have Tommy who is beating the drum, wide receiver, cornerback or bust. Tracksuit Mike, in an interesting twist of fates, is actually committing to something without waffling and going best player available no matter what, and I blindly want some goddamn offensive line. Play the tape from a year ago. I've been saying the same shit for years, and we just keep neglecting it, but we're getting there. I have faith. So, with that said, let's move on to round two. Tracksuit Mike. Second down, All second right, round. So it's on just you, for the sake of this, uh, I'm, I, I do think best player available will still be a wide receiver. I do. Now that we're coming back to this, I do think they're going to take a wide receiver in the first round. I, although they might not. I just think the, they kind of got their balls in a vice right now because they still don't have like that number one wide receiver. They have a bunch of other guys that are good supporting cast, a bunch of, you know, decent guys, but they don't have that alpha dog. They still don't. And I think they're going to, they're going to make, you know, they're going to move heaven and earth to get that guy in the first round. So moving on to the second round, they're going to go O-line or corner or possibly. So here's what I'm thinking. If John Michael Schmitz is there, he could be the pick along with Steve Avila, the guard out of TCU. But something tells me that they could also go the corner out of Syracuse. I feel like we haven't taken a Syracuse guy in a while. We're kind of due for one. Garrett. Who's our boy? Who's our boy? Uh, the last Pew? Syracuse guy we took. Justin Pugh, uh, right yeah. Guard. Right tackle. Pugh, 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 Pugh. Like the Pugh, local Pugh, kids. Pugh, Pugh. So Garrett Williams out of Syracuse is probably going to be there for us. Unless there's like a huge run on cornerbacks, uh, I'm thinking this is probably the time where they're going to target a center because this is when the centers are going to start going. Like I said, if John Michael Smith is there and they didn't take a offensive, I don't, I doubt they double up the first two rounds on offensive linemen. Like I would love Osiris Torrance in the first. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of wide receivers there too, probably. Uh, one guy I really like though that uh, that hasn't really been talked about here in the second round that could be there. Now it's kind of deep in the draft. I think he might be there. Trenton Simpson, the linebacker out of Clemson. It's a possibility. I'm not sure how much. You Dude, think he's going to fall that far. I've seen him. Really? No, I don't know. I'm thinking he, he's a possible second round grade uh, uh, here. So, it's we're at what pick 57 i mean would it surprise you if they took an edge rusher in one of the first two rounds if he's the best player available no i wouldn't uh, you, i mean what do the giants have at edge 
a often injured Aziz Ojolari who shows promise, a Kayvon Thibodeau that we're excited about, and what nothing. Round one, them. it would surprise me. Round two, yeah. it wouldn't surprise okay. me. No, I'm just wondering. I I, I kind of like that. See, I almost I almost feel the diff, uh the the flip of that. But so it, it, tracksuit. It sounds like you're still on offensive line I, wide I, receivers. I think I think those um, are really the you know, two biggest uh, needs. I'm not saying it's wise to draft for need, but I do think that those are going to be the guy. Like I, I really, I, I, I am so hell bent on this that I do believe the first four picks will be some combination of wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker, offensive line, because we, yeah, we got Bobby O'Creekery. Uh, is that how you say his name? Okay, I, I'm horrendous with pronouncing these names. But, but I, I like that guy as, as our number one or, uh, at, you know, for now, we don't know what Beavers is, uh, you know, he, you know, other guys that are coming back. We're not sure. McFadden is yeah, so a special teamer I'm probably all for, you know, investing in that position. So you got your five yes. focused on those four yes. positions, regardless of what round it seems. Tommy, you got any round two darlings? Uh, you here? know, Emmanuel Ooh. Forbes. You know, the cornerback, Mississippi State, a little undersized, needs to put some weight on. A little? He's oh, 166 wow. the pounds. Speed, the speed's there. We we went light with flat this year, so we're not afraid to bring somebody in that's a little on the small side. Um, if he's a guy that's there, he's he a guy that six, pick sixes, though. He's got ball skills. He's for a days. guy that, if he's not 165 pounds, is gone in the first round. <laughs> That's a fact. He had like 13 interceptions. You know, an, another guy that um, I've been been reading up on uh, from a small school. I mentioned North Dakota State before. Uh, we need to improve the offensive line, right? This is somebody that I don't think is going to be available after round two uh, when we get to our 89th pick in the third round. But uh, a tackle out of North Dakota State, uh, Cody Tud Mauk. Just looks like a road grader. His, uh, you know, I read some stuff, looked at some film. He was a tight end when he came in. He packed on sixty-five plus pounds of, of muscle shit. and ate <laughs> and lifted for three years at North Dakota State. And the tackle, he's he's ranked. Matt Miller's got him at the number five tackle. Todd McShay has him number fifty-two overall. He could go pick. He could be a day one pick. But they said he could be a guy that shifts inside. So I don't think we're moving a guy that was a tackle into the interior and making him a center. But is he a guy that could move inside and play guard for us? I, th I think if he's someone that you see on the board round two when the Giants are picking, you know, late 50s there, I'd love to see him in uh, in Giants blue at love guard. It. He's our Tormund Giants band from Game of Thrones. This guy's glorious. That Those glorious red, red hair. Uh, uh, a front tooth gap yes. that makes Michael Strahan's look non-existent. Uh, it's actually he's missing <laughs> two front teeth that he lost, and he said he's not getting them fixed until he's done playing love football. It. So this is the guy that what a is savage I all about it. business. So you know we'll see. Um, so f for me, boys, I mean this is another reason why I'm not so fixated on wide receivers in the first round if things don't fall our way. There are other people who are going to fit roles. I know we said we're missing the prototypical number one, but I don't think that guy is a slam dunk in this draft, no matter who we could get. So can we still continue to fill those roles? That Nathaniel, or as he prefers to be called, uh, Tank uh, Dell, is actually... Now, if you miss on uh, the, the first round guy, Zay Flowers, the small guy, you miss on him, this guy will really make you cringe a little bit. He's 5'8", 165. But this dude for Houston is so athletic. His separation is so quick, very twitchy. He has 14 touchdowns in his last nine games with Houston and a dynamic punt returner. So worst case scenario, you elevate your special teams with this kid and he's insurance for a Wandale Robinson. Apparently, I'm boring tracksuit Mike because this motherfucker is just yawning like not a care in the world. We love it. We love it, boys. Great content. But... Tank Dell should get you excited, Giants fans, because he is quick and would be a great second-round prize. And then, hell, John Michael Schmitz, Luke Whipler, a highly athletic but undersized guy, guy from Ohio State for center. Give me offensive line. 
Yeah, Jersey guy, hometown guy. Um, take Luke I thought Whitler. it was Whitler. Take John Michael Schmidt. Is it Whitler I, it's or Schmitz is there. Whitler? Uh, I was, I'm thinking that like I have the, no uh, idea the lemonade, Weiler's Light. <laughs> Every time I see his fucking name, I think of that. I'm stupid. Uh, but I am down to double dip on in the first two linemen. rounds. If we get Torrance in the front and we, or we get, yeah, I don't care. It's the most important thing. We already have the quarterback taken care of. We have a competent defense. There's a lot of holes. The offensive line has the potential to wreck anything yeah. that we now, want to do on offense. Listen, we want, we've seen it happen too I many don't times. Care. Like, Take- we really haven't recovered since David Deal retired in 2013. You know, we went. We were bottom of the barrel for a while. We yeah. were making it back to like average. Will Beatty tore his ACL, and then we, you know, and he was like, it, yeah, average. he was a good player, man. Um, he was but, uh, and and I'll tell no, you, if, good, if you it, have just an offensive line, everything else comes easy. That, that, that the running backs and the, and the skill position players will look yeah. that much better, especially since we we have a quarterback. Those guys will look better, whether it's Saquon or or other guys in the future. If you have a, a strong offensive line, look what the Cowboys had, you know, a few years back. Do we have a quarterback though? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we spent all season. We're not. Don't even get me started. I'm already animated right, about right. the day of Let's offensive line. Don't get me going. But still, round two still value at our most important positions: wide receiver, offensive line. I don't care if we double dip on either, frankly. So. Tommy, round three, any gems? Well, round three, I, you know, what do you got? I, I mentioned, you know, Malk out of North Dakota State. He's sitting there at 89. I'll run to Kansas City to turn the card in. Uh, you know, uh, I just think he's a big, strong offensive lineman that could play the interior. Uh, there's some centers that still might be left to get a little later. A Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. We know they like to run the ball out there, Big Ten country. Uh, Ricky Stromberg, another center, SEC school in Arkansas. And if we if we haven't, you know, secured the offensive line at that point, uh, and and those guys aren't somebody that we want to go with, or or we've gotten the center a little higher, we've gotten a guard a little higher. Cornerback like Jalen Jones out mm. of Texas A and M, or safeties Jamie Robinson, Jair Brown from Florida State and Penn State. Love it. You know our guys that you know third round talents that are positions of need. We start to get to that point where we, we look at safeties a little later um, and, and even a wide receiver, a big bodied wide receiver, A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest at six foot five in the third round could be somebody that could could help us. Yeah. Oh, Colin uh, yeah, Johnson insurance on the fucking team. Man. Yeah. My only scare about Joe Tipman, if we're drafting him to be the center, the dude's six foot six and only three hundred and thirteen. Kind of small. That is not a super heavy man for six foot six, and I can only imagine like the leverage that a defensive lineman could get on that tall of a center. That I mean, it's insane to call a three hundred and thirteen pound man not that big, but context is important, right? Uh, so. I think he's got talent. I know a lot of people like him. I think he's highly athletic based on the uh, things that I've been reading. Uh, but the height is just interesting. I don't think you see. I don't know if that there's a center in the NFL that's yeah. over six foot four. He's kind of an outlier there for sure. I mean, that he's he's that's really tall for a center. So. Yeah, it's all for any interior lineman, really. But uh, yeah, a little bit more palatable at guard, I think. But uh, well, um, so it seems like the good news is is that as deep into the third round, there is some potential, at the very least, at interior offensive line for players that we wouldn't be totally against. But I think this is where we start to get into the territory that if Joe Tipman isn't there at pick 89 and the giants haven't taken any uh, offensive lineman with the first or second round. This is the territory where Mac is going to have really? uh, an implosion on draft night. Uh, that I'll lose it. If the giants have not picked an offensive lineman and we get a, and, and into the third so round, after yes, two picks or after three picks, not happy. 
I'm really? gonna be real worried after two. Wow. After three, I don't I'm know. Lose Everybody, my shit. I feel like you can find starters at the, in the offensive line that that late, like all the time. <laughs> well, wait, it's a new regime. It doesn't have... count. We're not talking about the fucking, you know. There's no such thing as a sure I'm thing just in saying the draft. First every of time if you are. Of course not, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. On average, earlier draft picks pan out more often than not. And you look at the last five drafts, the players taken from 22 to 32, there are starting offensive linemen at the end of the first okay. round in and every you, one of the last you five got drafts. The, uh, so, you know. Not, yeah. And hey, last no, no, draft, you're right. they're all in a vacuum, Listen. right? But still. The... All right, Tommy, before we uh, turn it back over to Tracksuit, any any other darlings in round three that we need to be aware of? I, I keep hijacking us and only focusing on the offensive linemen for obvious reasons. Uh, at, at that spot, like I said, I mentioned some 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 defense, some offense. I think as we move later into the draft, those are guys there that are on my list that I, I think are spots we need to fill and guys that are going to be there from pick 89. All right, that does it for round three. TSM uh, down yeah, four, round it, four. It's so far oh, into baby. the future of the draft that like you don't know who's going to be here, who might be here, who's definitely there. You know, it could do all the mock drafts in the world. You still don't know. Uh, so for the sake of this, I'm gonna I'm gonna name one player that I really really like that I think is going to be in the fourth round. You ready for this? I am desperately waiting in anticipation. Yasir Abdullah, linebacker out of Louisville. He's one of my sleeper picks, and I'll tell you why. He's 237, and he's got 447 speed. He's he's kind of a combination of an edge rusher and an off-ball linebacker. He can do both pretty well. He's four four at two thirty seven. Six How tall foot did you say nothing. He was? Eight seventy nine inch Still wingspan. Big old hands at thirty two inches. No, sorry. The <laughs> way that's arms. So he's got he's got right like you know regular size hands nine and a half. Monster. He's yes, draft him. But I really like his kind of. Uh, you know, he's kind of like a one of those like. He, I, I don't want to put this name out there because that's really crazy. But like the way that Micah Parsons plays, that he's all edge but also off ball linebacker could kind of put him anywhere on the defense. I feel like he kind of from that mold, but like a poor man's version. You know what I'm saying? Like monkfish is a poor man's lobster. Okay. So no, just, no. Just to be clear, you're not saying no. He could I, obviously he could. Obviously he could. Any, anything can happen. But I, it's probably it's not probable. I just really like his physicals, and I really like that he's really quick. And he's mo- he was mostly edge rusher, and then they asked him to play off ball a little bit, and like he didn't miss a beat. And I think that would translate really well into what Wink is going to do. I'm I'm really not sure they're going to be drafting a linebacker before this. So I think there's a lot of directions they could go, but that's one guy. I'm like that is my sleeper. That is the guy. He's my darling in the fourth round. Really, really like him. I can't I can't say enough about yeah, him. You. I love it. Hey. I hope you're right because I think that's the right place to be drafting a linebacker in this draft, unless something crazy happens where your, you know, it falls into your lap. Drops, yes. uh, like it, I, the there's a bunch of guys we could go like, into, you know, guards right, and centers here, but other wide receivers that are like way down the list. But like, I feel like he's probably still. I mean, eh, he's a top eight or ten linebacker in this draft. So, and if you're getting him at 128, I mean, that's not a terrible pick. I, I kind of I do like, I just like you know, what it could bring to this defense because, you know, next to uh, Bobby O, there's not much there, so. True, 
But how often the Giants run different formations might not be as critical. But again, why we're talking about in the fourth round for a guy with upside who's versatile, that sounds like Wink Martindale all day. Tommy, do you got any special sauce, anybody we need to be looking out for as we head into round four? We're talking about possibly adding multiple wide receivers. Uh, Guy didn't have a a lot of success at West Virginia, but um, his size, his athletic ability, uh, and what scouts compare him to is DK Metcalf. So in round four, if you take a shot at a guy like that, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia, wide receiver, is somebody that, you know, big body, physical wide receiver, somebody that, that I've looked at a little bit. And, uh, you know. Is he like a crazy athlete? Is that where the DK Metcalf stuff comes from? Or is it just like size weight comparison? Uh, so, you know, so, um, yeah, size. I think, you know, I think a little of both, but I think more so towards, towards the, the physical makeup of, uh, of Wheaton. Hey, you know, take a chance on a guy that could be, you know, three quarters of DK Metcalf. I'm happy with that. And yeah, I'll stick on the same boat here. Again, I think that there is depth at the wide receiver position. I don't think the Giants are, you have to strike gold to get the number one. We said it multiple pods ago. I think this is the year where we fill out the depth and raise the floor of that room while we search for our number one guy. And I think Parker Washington out of Penn State fits that mold. He's not overly athletic. He's not huge, but he is average you know he's he's almost six foot he's about 210 pounds so he has some very strong run after the catch ability um he's got a sort of that bigger slot sort of situation also also man coverage he's not he's not the shittiest guy in the world but the day of the draft and like on the dot it's, a, it's it'll be like his 21st birthday the draft. true and he's got good hands the guy he's got strong leaping ability good 50 50 ball guy uh, can give you some value in the back of that room and, again, raise the floor. So um, I think Parker Washington is a name to be familiar with out of Penn State as you get into later rounds. All right, gentlemen. Woo! Four rounds down. That is brings us to the end of four-down territory. And let's transition right into huge predictions. What is that? It's huge, Tom, huge! Huge predictions is not brought to you by Facilo Automotive, but we are working on it. So if anybody knows their VP of marketing, please hit us up at bigblueallday.com. Tonight on huge predictions, we predict Joe Shane's first round pick. Honestly, Have the more I think boys. about it, um... I think it's going to be Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida. I think he's a perfect uh, interior lineman for what they're trying to do in the run game. And I think he's going to be the guy. Osiris Torrance, final answer. Love it. Signed, sealed, delivered. You know I ain't got no problems with that. Tommy. I have a, a good guess as to one of the two positions you're going at if I were a betting man. What do you got? Maybe you might surprise me. Maybe it's going to be huge. I was all over early on the show, and I'm going right back out of Boston College, Zay Flowers, and I see her. I'd be, I'd be fine. Zay Flowers. If we got that night, you know, if we, if we added a guard, you know, if we added a position of need like that, but I'm going with Flowers. Boys, I'm happy with both of these picks. Wide receivers, offensive linemen, we're good to go. Here's the reality, though. My huge prediction is that the Giants are going to miss out on all the cornerbacks and all the wide receivers that they want. But sitting there at 25 is going to be Michael Mayer and either the Cincinnati Bengals or the New Orleans Saints at pick 28 or 29. Two teams with next to nothing at the tight end position are going to throw a nice little mid-round pick from something sweet, some little tasty <laughs> sweetener at Joe Shane's way, and he's going to fall back 28 or 29, and he's going to oh. pick John Michael Schmitz at 28 or 29. I'll take Osiris Torrance there, too. I think he's going to be there as well, but for the sake of it, we're locking in our center. We're picking up more picks. Let's go in Shane we trust. And that does it for huge predictions. All right, boys. 
I know it's been a long time together, so let's not start bickering over who killed who. And end tonight with the fact that Kansas City is not aware. They will be soon. They're aggressive. That the Giants are young. They'll be improving at the draft. Football. New York. Giants. Ah. Ah. God, I love that. For Tracksuit Mike, Tommy, and Roadhouse, I'm Mac. We're Big Blue all goddamn day. Good night. <laughs>